Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. If it wasn't for Andrew's teachings, I would never be where I am today. I would never have victory. I would be living a life of defeat. It was Andrew's teaching that allowed me to develop that faith. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of the Gospel Truth. Today I'm continuing to teach about living in God's best. And I've established that a miracle, even though it's sometimes necessary and it may be the best thing in a crisis situation, it's not God's best overall. God wants to meet our needs through blessings. Blessings are something that God has already done in the spiritual realm. When you get born again, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 says, You are already blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's in your spirit, and it has to be released by you walking in the spirit, which is walking in the Word of God. Anyway, I've already shared a lot. Let me once again mention that I've got this hardback copy of Living in God's Best. We're making it available. If uh, At the end of our program, we'll give out that information. The last couple of days, I've spent talking about Deuteronomy chapter 28 and verses 1 through 14 list the blessings that will come upon us for obeying the law. Now, through Jesus, we get these blessings even though we don't obey the law perfectly because Jesus obeyed it for us and we get these blessings through Him. So it has to be interpreted that way. And then in Deuteronomy chapter 15 through verses 68, it lists all of the curses that will come upon us if we don't keep the law. And we also have to interpret this in the light of the new covenant because in Galatians 3.13, it says, Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles through faith. So we've been redeemed from Deuteronomy chapter 15, uh, 28, verses 15 through 68. So everything that was listed as a curse under the Old Covenant has now been turned into a blessing. So you can go through this list, and I'm not going to take time to read all of these 50 verses, uh, but if you took time to read all of it, it's just amazing the things that are listed in here. And again, I've been teaching on living in God's best and most people, see, don't know what is rightfully ours, and so they accept a lot of these curses. Let me just read a couple of things here. It says uh, in verse 21 that the Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he hath consumed thee off the land whither thou goest to possess it. Now, again, this curse has been turned into a blessing through Jesus, so we are redeemed from uh, pestilence. In verse 22, it says, The Lord shall smite thee with the consumption and with the fever and with an inflammation, with an extreme burning and with the sword and with blasting and with mildew, and they shall pursue thee until thou perish. Did you know what a blasting is? That means it's a, a damaging high wind. Part of the blessing of God is that we, this was listed as a curse, and now the curse, we're redeemed from that, so that means I am redeemed, I'm exempt from blasting, which means damaging high winds. I have prayed and seen hurricanes turn. And again, I know that there's people who think, well, you arrogant thing, how dare you think that your prayer turned a hurricane around? 
What's the point of praying if you don't believe it's going to work? It says that we have power. Jesus commanded the wind and the waves to stop. And he said the works that he did, we will do also. Blasting was a curse. I'm redeemed from the curse. So I have spoken to hurricanes, to damaging winds, and commanded it to leave me alone. And it has. And also notice right here, it says that he'll smite us with the mildew. Did you know that mildew is a curse? And we are redeemed from the curse of the law, Galatians 3.13. There is no more literal fulfillment of Galatians 3.13 than Deuteronomy 28, verses 15 through 68. And mildew is listed as a curse. When Jamie and I lived in Sigaville, Texas, we lived in a, a house, and it was really a poor house. There wasn't much to it. And there was virtually no insulation in the walls. And so we would heat the inside of the house and get it toasty warm inside, and it was cold outside. And because of the difference, you know, the walls would sweat, especially in the um, closets and stuff. You'd have water dripping down the walls because of this heat difference. And then in the closets, they got mildew. And Jamie and I took these verses right here, and we read these verses to that mildew and said, mildew, you are a curse. Right here it says Deuteronomy 28, 22, you're a curse. Then we flipped over to Galatians 3, 13. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law. So we cursed the curse, cursed mildew, commanded it to leave and to be gone. And did you know it left? We didn't do anything. We didn't spray it with something that took the mildew away. We just spoke to it. It was a curse and we're redeemed from it. And I know that there's people watching this that say, I don't believe that. Well, then it won't work for you. But I'm telling you, if you believe it, we are redeemed from this. Mildew was a curse. Blasting is a curse. The consumption of fever. Did you know that I don't get fevers? And I know somebody, I don't believe that. Well, it won't work for you. I'm telling you, I believe these things. I have walked in supernatural health. I've walked in supernatural blessing over all of these things. Also over here in Deuteronomy chapter 28, it goes on down to say in verse 60, it says, Moreover, he will bring upon thee all the diseases of Egypt, which thou was afraid of. They shall cleave unto thee. Also every sickness and every plague, which is not written in the book of the law, them will the Lord bring upon thee until thou be destroyed. Again, these are curses, and Christ redeemed us from the curse. So I can say every sickness, every disease, even if it's not written here, I have been redeemed from every one. The curse is now turned into a blessing. And because of this, I walk in health. I don't get sick. I don't believe in being sick. And again, I know many people, I don't believe that. It won't work for you. But I'm telling you, these are the blessings that God has given us. Look over in Psalms chapter 91. And the, I'm just picking out a few. There are literally thousands, for certainly maybe hundreds of thousands or millions of blessings. Remember, anything that God spoke over us favorably is a blessing. And man, the scripture is just full of this. Here in Psalms chapter 91, here's more blessings. It says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him will I trust. Notice right here it says, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. I believe that these blessings are voice activated. You have to speak them. 
I've heard people before that read Psalms chapter 91 that promises, you know, all of these blessings and all of these good things will happen to us. And they say, that's not happening to me. Why isn't it working? Are you saying of the Lord that he is your refuge and fortress? Or every time somebody comes up and says, how are you? Do you speak out? Oh, I've got this pain. The doctor says I'm going to die. The doctor says I've got six months to live. Uh, my finances are just terrible. I'm so poor. I can't pay attention. If you say things like that, well, then see, you are hung by your own tongue. You have to speak forth the blessing of God. Boy, this is important. You know, I've mentioned this uh, on previous broadcasts, but on January the 31st, 2002, the Lord spoke to me about how I was limiting God by my small thinking. And there was multiple reasons for it. I've got an entire teaching that goes into all of this. But I was afraid to speak out what I knew in my heart. A lot of this came to pass because we were in a little building at the time that was 14,600 square feet. And we had outgrown it. We were looking for a new place. And I remember I was out ministering. When I came home, Jamie had been out with a realtor looking at new places, and she found a place that was 30,000 square feet, and she wanted to take me to see it. And she even made this statement. She says, oh, this will probably last us the rest of our lives. And when she said that, the image on the inside of me was bigger than that. I knew that we were going to need more than 30,000 square feet, but I hadn't spoken it. And, you know, I share everything with Jamie. I just don't hide things from Jamie, but I hadn't spoken out the totality of my vision, even to my wife, because I was ridiculed and made fun of, not by Jamie, but by other people. And, you know, it's like if you every time you bend down and pet a dog, if that dog bites you every time you go to pet it, you're going to quit petting that dog. And if every time you speak forth your vision, somebody criticizes you, after a while you get to where you don't want to say it. I mean, the Lord had shown me I was going to have a worldwide ministry that would be reaching people all over the world. I mean, having an impact all over the world. And yet, at the time, I hadn't uh, reached very far. We only had 3% of the U.S. population that were able to get my television program. And it was just very small. And for me to be speaking these big things, every time I'd say it, people would either openly criticize me or sometimes they'd just roll their eyes or something, which said a lot. And anyway, because of it, I had quit speaking my vision. And when the Lord finally got across that I was limiting him by my small thinking, one of the very first things I did was start telling people that, you know what? I haven't been living up to my potential. God wants me to reach further, to touch more people. And I started speaking it. And I just spoke it out to everybody. And that's what I'm saying right here in Psalms chapter 91. It says, I will say of the Lord. He is my refuge and my fortress. You have to speak these things. You have to speak that you're blessed. Instead of saying, oh, I hurt and oh, my back is just killing me. You need to be saying, I'm healed. My back is healed. You need to talk to your back and then tell anybody else who will listen that I'm healed. And I know some of you think, well, that would be a lie because the truth is I'm hurt. Well, it just depends what you consider to be truth. If you think only what you can see, taste, hear, smell, and feel is reality, well, then you're a liar to say that you're healed when you feel pain. But if you understand that you're also a spirit 
and that the Spirit is the real you, that you are a new creature in Christ, and that in the Spirit you have the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead living on the inside of you, and by His stripes you were healed, 1 Peter 2.24. If you believe that, it is not a lie to say that you're healed when you don't feel ill because you're operating out of the Spirit. You're walking in the Spirit and confessing what God said about you rather than what the doctor said about you. Now, there's a balance between all of this. You know, I'm not going to take time to turn over there, but if you looked in the 11th chapter of the book of John, this is where Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. And when Jesus was first presented with this, he said, our friend Lazarus sleeps. And the disciple says, well, he's been sick, so if he's asleep, maybe that's good for him. Maybe he'll recover. They misunderstood what he said, and finally he said plainly, our friend Lazarus is dead, but I am glad for your sakes that I wasn't there to the intent that you ought to believe. So from this, I gain that Jesus did not want to say that Lazarus was just dead because death communicates no hope, the end, it's over, nothing can change. Now, that's what it communicates to most people. So the Lord didn't use the word death because he didn't want all of this negativity in his disciples. Instead, he said, our friend Lazarus is asleep. And I go that I may awaken him out of sleep. But when they misunderstood what he was saying, he explained it to him. He is dead, but... See, he didn't just state the natural fact. He says, but... I am glad for your sakes that you that I wasn't there to the intent that you believe. He turned around and he says he is going to rise again, and he ended it. So it's not wrong if somebody, you know, if you had a big tumor or something, say here, a goiter or something on your neck, and if somebody walks up and says, what is that? And you say, what's what? I don't see anything. There isn't anything there. Now that's a lie because you do have something there. But if you were to say, Look, I don't care what it looks like, I'm healed. Now, that's not denying the physical truth. It's just denying that the physical is all that there is. There's also a spiritual world, and you need to always use your words to speak life instead of death, to speak the blessing instead of the curse. And yet most people, they will, you know, how are you doing? Oh, I'm dying. Oh, I hurt. Oh, I got this pain. Oh, my rheumatism's acting up. And you speak these things. You aren't activating the blessing. This right here, all of these blessings that I'm going to be reading in Psalms chapter 91 are dependent upon you saying of the Lord. You have to speak it out. You have to say these things. Boy, this is important. You know, every time somebody asks me how I am, I based on Ephesians 1, 3, I say, I'm blessed. And there's a lot of people, I've had people come up before and they've known that I've had problems, things have happened to me, and they say, no, I want to know how you really are. And I say, I'm really blessed. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it feels like. I don't care what the reports out here in the natural are. I'm going to believe God's report. I'm going to stand on what God says, and I'm going to speak what God says about me. Now, if people misunderstand, if they could tell that, say, something was wrong with me, I wouldn't deny that I'm having a problem. That's not what I'm saying, and I don't believe that that's what Jesus did. He finally admitted Lazarus is dead, but... And then he spoke the positive thing. Most people, what they'll say is the negative. Oh, I'm sick. I'm all of these kind of things. I know the Bible says I'm healed, but I feel terrible. It just really depends where you put your butt.
you got to, you know, there's nothing wrong with you saying, I've got a problem here, but I'm healed. But I believe God is dealing with this thing. You got to voice activate the blessing of God. The blessing is not a thing. It's the favor of God that's been spoken over you. And then you have to take that in your heart, believe it, and then speak it out of your mouth. You release the blessing with words. You know, I forget where I said things. I may have already said this in this series, but it bears repeating that there was a time I went over to a man's house, a good friend of mine, and he had pneumonia. He was probably in his 60s at the time. And he just was unable to recover. He was back home from the hospital, but he could not breathe. He was struggling and it was really bothering him. So I went over to his house and I talked to him. And this is when the Lord was showing me these things about you've got to say these blessings. You've got to speak it. The death and life is in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18, 21. So anyway, I was over at his house and he had all of this phlegm that was in his lungs and it just wasn't clearing up. So what I did, I put my hands like this over his chest and I got down and I spoke to his chest and I said, lungs, you are healed. Phlegm in the name of Jesus, I command you to come out of his lungs now. And I cursed the sickness and disease and spoke the blessing of God. You are healed by the stripes of Jesus. You were healed. And I went to speaking the blessing of God and he literally had to push me out of the way because he started coughing so badly and he went and got a towel and he coughed up all of this junk that was in his lungs. And in five or 10 minutes, he was good as rain. I mean, he was totally healed. And you know how that happened? By speaking the blessing of God. Man, this is powerful what I'm saying. And I know that there's a lot of people that you've not put this kind of stock in words. You've got to believe it. It's not just words. It's words that are spoken from the heart. If you speak in faith and doubt not in your heart, you can have what you say. So let's look at some of these blessings that are listed here in Psalms chapter 91. I just read verse two. I will say to the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. You know, a snare is a trap. This is talking about the trap of the devil. Satan goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Did you know that you can say that God is delivering me from every trap, everything that the devil is putting down for me? I am not going to be caught off guard. Satan isn't going to take advantage of me. You can say that. God says right here, he will deliver us, but you've got to say it. You've got to say that Satan is not overcoming me. I am not falling prey to these tricks. You know, I, we, I meet a lot of people and there's some people that they just, it's amazing how Satan can just run roughshod over them. They, they don't have any defense. They aren't aware that we're in a battle and they just constantly let the devil take advantage of them. You need to get hold of this and recognize Satan is going about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour and you need to resist him. Say of the Lord that you are blessed, that God is delivering you. And he's delivering you from the noisome pestilence. This means all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. Psalms chapter 91, verse four, he shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. You know what this is? It's a word picture about how a hen, a mother hen protects her chicks. 
And like in a hailstorm, rainstorm or something, they'll put their wings out and the chickens come huddle underneath her for protection. And this is talking about that this is how God will protect us. He puts his wings out. His protection is out for you. But are you accessing that protection? Do you run under there? If you don't run under his wings and take advantage of what's been given you and then you get wet, don't blame God. God had protection for you, but you have to take advantage of it. And this is the way that the blessings of God are. God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He's going to deliver us from all of these things, but we have a part to play. We have to cooperate. We have to believe. It says in verse 5, Thou shalt not be afraid for the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. Man, this is powerful. This is saying that you shouldn't be afraid of wars. You shouldn't be afraid of pestilence. You shouldn't be afraid of sickness, disease. You shouldn't be afraid of any of these kind of things. And yet I meet lots of Christians that are afraid of heights. They're afraid of flying. They're afraid of failure. They're afraid they're going to be laid off. They're afraid their marriage isn't going to work. They're afraid their kids are going to do this or that. And they just live in constant fear. These aren't the only verses, but there's just so many verses. Like over in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1, God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I tell you, if you're living a life of fear, if you're afraid of animals, if you're afraid of the pestilence, the, all of these type of things, you aren't taking advantage of the blessing. Fear is just faith in the wrong thing. Fear is faith. It has the same power as faith. Faith will release what God has already provided through the blessing. Fear will release what Satan is wanting to do in your life. Fear is a powerful force, and, you, and it's always for negative. There was no fear until Adam and Eve sinned, and then they feared and ran from God. It's a result of sin. If you're living in fear of things, you shouldn't. I've had friends of mine, I mean, people who love God, that were so afraid. They were riding in my van, and we went up my driveway, which does, it is a steep driveway, and it has a drop-off of about 20 feet, and they actually got down in the floor and put a blanket over their head because they were so afraid. That's not right. That's unreasonable. I'm telling you, you don't need to live this way. God has delivered us from fear. He didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. You don't need to live that way. And yet I know that there are many people watching this program that you live in fear. You don't have to do that. And there's so many other things I want to say out of this. I'm just about out of time today. But I'm talking about how that this isn't God's best. God's not mad at you. If you're afraid of things, if you aren't living up to the things we're talking about, God's not mad at you and I'm not mad at you, but I'm telling you that there's something better. You don't have to live that way. You can be delivered. Perfect love cast out fear. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. If you understood how much God loved you, you would have no fear. If the worst happened and you died, you would go to heaven and you'd live forever with him. If you really understood how much God loves you, there would be no fear in your life. Let me remind you again that I'm teaching on living in God's best. It's a hardback copy of a book. And we also have CDs and DVDs. Our announcer is going to give you all that information about how you can get this teaching. 
And I encourage you to please take advantage of it. This is stuff that every believer needs. I promise you it would be a blessing. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a quick look at how the friends and partners of Andrew Womack Ministries are helping us bring healing to people all around the world. People like Colleen Ian Marino. For years, Colleen struggled with crippling pain and nerve damage in her back. That is, until her daughter introduced her to Andrew's teachings. When I started hearing some of the things that he was saying, that it's not what you do that allows God to love you. It's who he is. This determination started coming up on the inside of me. Get up. You don't have to stay where you are. Eager to hear more about God's unconditional love and grace, Colleen and her husband enrolled into Karis Bible College. It was here, sitting under the Word of God, that she was able to walk out her complete healing. To watch her full story, visit awmi.net today. I'd like to give you a special invitation to join me on the 5th through the 9th of July for our Summer Family Bible Conference. This is always one of the highlights of our whole year. We have children's ministry. This is for the whole family, and it's a beautiful time to be in Colorado, and it's just going to be an awesome, awesome time. Remember, it's July the 5th through the 9th at our facilities at Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado. Andrew's entire series, Living in God's Best, is available as a book in either English or Spanish, as a DVD album made from our daily television broadcast, or as a CD or DVD album recorded live from a Gospel Truth seminar. You can also get this teaching as a companion study guide. The study guide will deepen your personal understanding and is perfect for home groups or Sunday schools. Each of these valuable resources are available for a gift of any amount when you contact us. This entire series is also available for audio download absolutely free from our website. Go to awmi.net to see all the ways you can get this teaching. The individual topic highlighted on today's broadcast is available as an audio CD for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give because there's a blessing in giving. But if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide today's teaching free of charge. Because people like you partnered with Andrew Womack Ministries, we've all been given our lives back. We cannot thank you enough for your generosity, but there are still millions more out there seeking the truth that set us free. Will you help us bring this message to them? You can reach people like me who are trapped in their home and not aware of the fullness of what the gospel says, that we can be free from everything the enemy tried to put on us. I would not be here if it wasn't for this ministry, and I just really encourage you to become a partner today. Become a partner today. You can become a Grace Partner or order resources through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download additional free resources. Or you can call our helpline at 719-635-1111. Our helpline is open Monday through Friday, 24 hours a day, and Saturday and Sunday from 7.30 a.m. to 6 p.m. Mountain Time. To write us, use the address on your screen. 
If you believe that God has been telling you to come to Karis Bible College, Campus Days is the perfect opportunity to see what it's really like. All it takes is one word from God to totally, totally, totally change your life. Did you know if you have a desire to be here, you've already got a word from God. If God has spoken to you, you've delighted yourself in the Lord, He's given you the desires of your heart, then you start moving. At Karis Bible College, all kinds of people are discovering God's love and the purpose He has for them. If God is calling you, come to Campus Days. Do you want to connect with like-minded believers? Then Karis Bible Studies is the place for you. Find a Bible study near you by visiting karisbiblestudies.net.